working. You never stop, you never stop, you never stop, you never stop, even though. keep light in the darkness that is who you are isn't that right isn't that who you are my promise keeper light in the darkness that is who you are and even though I don't see you working even though I don't feel you working you never stop, you never stop working. That's what faith is all about, right? That's really what it is. All right, join me now. Lord, I've come and I confess, bowing here, I'll find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. You're my one defense my righteousness oh God I need you and my sin runs deep grace is more when grace is found it's where you are it's where you are Lord, I am free. Holiness, Christ in me. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Every hour, I need you. You're my one. rise to you when temptation come and walks my way I cannot stand I'll fall for you Jesus you're my hope and stay isn't that true Lord I need you here we go now Lord I need you Lord I need Lord, I need you. You're my one defense, my righteousness. Oh, Lord, I need you. You're my one defense, my righteousness. 
Now listen to these words. Here we go. You're my one defense, my righteousness, oh Lord, I need you. Isn't that true? If you need the Lord, say amen. Come on, I didn't hear you. If you need the Lord, say amen. All right, we're going to have some announcements, and uh, Charles is going to come up. Hello, everybody. It is so good to see everybody here on the lawn and in the parking lot. You know, uh, one thing I wanted to just mention before we get started is when you're thinking about whether or not it's too hot to go to church, make sure you check the weather forecast because yesterday was a lot hotter than it is today. It was like almost 100 degrees yesterday, and it's in the low 90s today. And the other thing is it doesn't reach the high until after service is over. So, uh, you know, it's probably like in the high 80s, low 90s right now instead of like 100 like it's been all week. So please check the weather forecast before you decide and say, hey, it's too hot to go to church. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, it's so good to see you all. I'm glad that we have, hey, we got Allie in the parking lot. Woo! And Letty in the parking lot. And here comes, here comes Raina. I couldn't, I, I thought it was Raina, but her mask and her sunglasses are covering her, so it's kind of hard to see. Uh, okay, yeah, so uh, we just want to remind you about the rules, remember, or the guidelines here at Church on the Lawn. We keep forgetting, unfortunately, but we have to remember to keep everyone safe. You know, we have a perfect record right now. Nobody, nobody who's been coming to church uh, has gotten COVID. Nobody in our church. So that's really great. We can celebrate that. Amen. Um, so, yeah, remember, bring your mask. Uh, remember, bring a chair. Remember, bathrooms are emergency only. We've got to say, we've got to say, stay six to ten feet away from everybody, and you know, really be careful. Be real. People who are in the parking lot who drive in, just make sure you keep plenty of space for them because there's reasons why they're not coming onto the lawn. They want to stay dis uh, more distant than we might, you know, on the lawn. So just be be um, be conscientious about that. Uh, an another really great thing is. We now, uh, I can announce officially, have started um, broadcasting simultaneously on Facebook and YouTube Live. Um, we've been working really hard. Yeah, go ahead, clap for that. We've been, and Bill has a little uh, uh, flyer that you can look at that gives you your three options. There's actually more than three. Um, you, can, you can come here, church on the lawn at 1030. You can drive in. You can go to Facebook Live. You can go to YouTube Live. Um, you can also listen to the audio on our website after church. It'll be posted after church. Or we have a podcast with the sermon as well on Apple Podcasts. And the way you uh, are able to find all this stuff is just search New Heart Foursquare Church in either Facebook or YouTube or in Apple Podcasts, and you can get all this information. So you really don't have an excuse for not coming to church, even during coronavirus, even during COVID. There's no excuse. If you can't make it to church with all these options, you, you know, you got to maybe say a little prayer to God and ask him to help you make it to church because we've made it so easy. But really, uh, Bill and I have worked really hard. We've been working for over a month to try and um, get it set up because with YouTube, if you're at home, you could just on your television, go to the YouTube app, Search New Heart Foursquare Church, and your whole family can watch it on your big screen, can watch service on your big screen TV. So we wanted to make it really easy for those who aren't able to come to church on the lawn. 
So just to let you know, Sully's going to be teaching the youth and young adults on Instagram today at 1230. He's going to be uh, teaching on God is healing our land. And so just a little uh, special note, next week we're going to be moving the youth and young adult broadcast to YouTube Live instead of Instagram Live so it's easier for all the youth to access for those that don't have Instagram. Um, and, and I'm going to be interviewing my mom about her time in high school. And let me tell you, my mom was a cheerleader. She was very popular in high school. So you're not going to want to miss this interview, all right? Um, so just, you know, this week it's on Instagram Live, but next week it'll be on YouTube Live, and then thereafter it'll be on YouTube Live. Uh, Margaret is teaching today on the elementary and toddlers on the name of the, the name of the lesson is sell out, but Margaret didn't like that title. So she's retitled it. God's plan is treasure. All right. So we're really excited about her teaching today. Um, so don't miss that. And everything like our, our main service, our youth and young adult teaching, our elementary and toddlers teaching. We're all going to be uploading that to YouTube afterwards, so that will be available for viewing throughout the week as well. Again, no reason that your kids or your youth or your young adults or your toddlers cannot uh, watch the lesson uh, at some point, either live or throughout the week. Then we also want to just remind you uh, there's an election coming up. We want to remind you to register to vote. I don't know if you know this, but uh, historically, only 25% of evangelical Christians actually vote. Only 25% of evangelical Christians actually vote in elections. And that's really unfortunate because it's such a powerful way that we can have an influence over uh, our leadership in, in this country to make sure that they're making wise decisions and God-honoring decisions. So we want to make sure there's an election in about two months. We want to make sure you register to vote. There's a, if Bill, if you could put the website below me for the people on the broadcast. If you go to registertovote.ca.gov, you can register to vote online or check your registration status. A lot of times you'll, we move and we forget. The last thing we forget to do is we forget to change our registration um, on our voter registration. So make sure you can, there's a, a if you go to that link, um, you can also check your registration status to make sure you have your current address on there. So please do that today. Don't forget about that. Um, the deadline is October 19th, 19th to register to vote. Uh, and then lastly, we want to just remind you uh, of the different ways that you can donate. There's a red box here um, at, for Church on the Lawn. If you just drop your check or your, your tithe or your offering in there, you can go to, and I think Bill's going to put the website up below me. It's um, newheartforyou.com slash give, give dash online, or you can just mail a check to 380 East Covina Boulevard in Covina, California, 91722. All right, so that's it for the announcements. So now I'm actually going to give the youth sermon today. Uh, so I have uh, something specially prepared. Uh, thanks, Sully. I have uh, just a special message prepared, just a five-minute message for all the youth. we got some here on the lawn. Hey, youth, how you doing? This actually, I think, is a good, it's a good message for not just youth, but for everybody, really. All right, how many of you have heard of the saying, you be you? You be you. You've heard of that? Have you, have you all heard of that? You've heard of that? Any adults heard of that? My mom's heard, okay. Raina's heard of that. Margaret's heard of that. All right, so how many of you think this saying is biblical? Raise your hand if you think it's biblical. Raise your hand if you don't think it's biblical. Okay, it's a trick question. <laughs> it's a trick question. 
And the reason is, is because it's part biblical and part not biblical. Have you ever seen this about the enemy? The enemy loves to give you half-truths. And the more nuanced the half-truth, the better it is for the enemy. Because it's harder to spot. Because the reason why he likes half-truths is because he likes to uh, distract you with something that sounds good from Scripture. But then he likes to add a little bit extra in there that you don't realize you're taking in. And then later on, it gets you into trouble down the line. So here's how you be you. And let me, let me give you an example of this. This is how someone would say you be you, okay? You know what? I can't really afford to pay my rent right now, but I dropped $100 on a new skateboard. And your friend says, you be you, man. You be you. All right? So this is what the Bible has to say about our individuality and how precious and special we are to God. Psalm 139.14 says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Ephesians 2.10 says we are his workmanship. Matthew 10.30 says the hairs of your head are numbered. And Zephaniah 3.17 says he will rejoice over you with singing. How many of you want to be rejoiced over with singing? So we are special in God's eyes. So the idea of you being you, meaning you are an individual person and unlike anyone else, that is biblical. You are special and you are precious. Every single one of you here on this lawn, every single one of you in the parking lot, every single one of you at home, know that you are special and you are precious. So the you be you, to the extent it's saying that you're, you're an individual and you're precious and you're special and you can't be replicated, that is biblical. But I looked up in the Urban Dictionary and let me tell you, parents, if your kids are saying something and you don't really quite understand what they're saying, just look it up in the Urban Dictionary because it'll give you a definition. So I looked up UBU in the Urban, uh, Urban Dictionary, and it says, the act, UBU means the act of doing what one believes is the right decision, being oneself. So the being oneself part, that's biblical. We're, in, we're, a workman, we're God's workmanship. We shouldn't try to be like anyone else. We should be just like ourselves. But the idea of the act of doing what one believes is the right decision, that is not biblical. Because that's basically saying, well, you just do whatever's right in your own eyes. How many of you know that's not biblical? That is not biblical. That is what we call relativistic truth. That's relativism, where everybody has their own truth. And we know there is an absolute truth. And God is the absolute truth. And the reason why we know that is because in John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It says in John 8, 32, and you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It says in John 17, 17, sanctify them in the truth, and your word is truth. So we know that there is an absolute truth. So you be you is not biblical in that sense. And let me tell you, I think this idea of UBU has really uh, saturated our culture, not just with our youth and young adults, not just with our millennials, but I think even all the adults here, I think to some extent we, we have adopted that without realizing it because, and here's where I'm going to catch everybody, we don't like discipline. We don't, who likes discipline? How many of you like discipline? It's just human nature to not like discipline, right? 
I mean, who wants someone telling you you're not doing it the right way? But the reality is we need that discipline. It says in Hebrews 12, 6, the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son or daughter. The thing is, when we resist uh, biblical discipline, godly discipline, we are actually hurting ourselves because people, there are people in our lives, God is sending people in our lives to discipline us. And it, sure, it may feel like that person is saying, I don't want you to be you, if that makes sense. Because when someone disciplines us, they're basically saying, look, the decisions you're making aren't right in God's sight. They're not right in God's eyes. But we have to understand that that is for our good. And I would encourage all the youth that are here today and that are listening online, if someone is telling you to do something that you don't necessarily want to do, that doesn't mean that they don't love you. In fact, it might mean that they love you even more than everyone else around you. They actually may be doing something for you that's for your good and your future and prevents you from getting off track and from getting in a bad place in your life. So don't, don't resist that. And I'll give you an example. And this is my own fault in failing. There was a, a, a winter camp. And I just, you know, the youth, they were spending too much time on their phone. They were just doing all kinds of nonsense. And so I said, you know what? We're just not going to bring up the phone to camp. Just leave it at home. You guys are going to have to go two and a half days or a day and a half without the phone. And I thought this was pretty reasonable. I had a mutiny on my hands. They were so mad at me. They thought I hated them. They, they were just like, I almost couldn't get them to go to camp, you know, in the summer afterwards. They're like, nah, I'm not going if I can't take my phone. Well, I learn. I learned there's a better way. But I just want to encourage you. It wasn't because I didn't like you or I didn't love the youth. I was just trying to help them and show them that we need to be wise with how we use the phone and with technology because we need to be smart and it can really trip us up if we're consuming too much social media that isn't godly. Um, so that's just an example. So I just want to encourage you, don't, just because someone's disciplining you, that doesn't mean they don't love you. In fact, they may be giving you exactly what you need for your, for your benefit in the future. And so I'm done with, my, I'm done with the, my message, but I just wanted to share. We're going to be talking more about God's discipline next week in the Youth and Young Adult Sermon. We're going to be diving deeper in it when I interview my, with my mom. Because one of the things I appreciate so much about my mom is my mom was strict when I was young. She disciplined me like nobody else. I couldn't wa- there were certain shows I couldn't watch. I couldn't listen to secular music. I mean, there were some singers, like, I was in my mid-20s, and I had no idea who they were or had never heard their music before. And I got teased for it. But you know what? I still appreciate my mom's discipline because it kept me, I had a pure heart. It kept me to have a pure heart into my adulthood. And then I was old enough to make my own decisions about what was right and what was wrong and not be influenced by others around me. So just remember that. And so now, sorry, I took a little bit longer, but we're going to have my, uh, we're going to have uh, Pat, we're going to have Terry come up. And she's going to give us our message for for Sunday. But tune in next week on YouTube Live at 12.30 for uh, an interview with my mom and, and a message about God's discipline. Good morning. We're going to do it right here. Bless the people, darling. Bless the people. Amen. Good morning. How are you? God is good. All 
all the time. And all the time, he is good, even on hot days. <laughs> good to see you, see all my friends out here. You know, it's really nice sitting in the shade. Got a nice canopies going on, tree lines, you know, butterflies flying around, and Marianne's out there just chilling. Boy, I tell you, this is a, this is a blessing. In fact, it's uh, going right in line with the word that uh, the Lord has uh, given me. Um, how many of you watch the uh, unusual uh, Democratic convention last week? Some of us watched it. I know I do. I watch it. And then this week we're going to have the Republican convention, which is going to be a little different and whatnot. And as an American, uh, 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 I... I know that there is a lot of uh, feelings about, you know, what's going on in the White House and what's going on. There are a lot of uh, clashing between more, more, it's gotten more sensitive than I've ever seen it in a long, long, I don't think I've ever seen it this sensitive between parties, there's so many differences. But I think, you know, I don't, you know, I know um, that uh, a lot of us feel like, you know, well, maybe we just should not say anything. But I do want to speak to you on the gift of freedom today. And, you know, and how we need to thank God that we are free to disagree. Can I just get one amen on that? You know, that we are free to have choices, to have options and whatnot. But I also want to talk to you about the difference between spiritual freedom and natural freedom okay and also I want to talk about spiritual slavery okay and natural slavery you know what it means to be free what it means to be enslaved because this is this is the whole thing <laughs> my grandmother used to tell me uh, when I was younger she says as soon as you can vote you better vote we paid a big price for you to be able to vote, and you need to vote. You know, don't you let your your ancestors down by after all they went through, and nobody's voting. Okay, so um, a lot of times, what happens when you don't understand the price that has been paid? If you've never been in the military or never lost anyone uh, in the military, then you know uh, you kind of like take freedom for granted. Um, but freedom is a blessing from God. Do you know? that people uh, are, are at every border trying to get to a land that is free. They're coming on boats. They're coming through tunnels. Anywhere that they can get to a place that's free. I mean, in Europe during the war, if you study your history, how people, you know, um, cross dangerous borders just to get into Switzerland or some land where they were, where they were free. So um, I think that we have just become too casual and taken for granted this great gift that God has given us of freedom. It is a blessing to be in the land of the free. And um, many of us have never been uh, in, a, in a country where, there, where poverty is rampant, you know, and uh, uh, um, people don't have, uh, or don't, don't, see, don't have any hope of ever coming out of poverty. I remember I was on a, a trip to, uh, I was in Africa, I was in South Africa, and uh, a waiter came by and he says, oh, he says, my, my rich American cousins. And I said, <laughs> I said, oh, I said, I'm, I'm not, believe me, believe me you, we are not rich. So he says, 
how much did you pay to come visit this country? And, and I gave him the price of the plane, plane ticket, whatever it was. He said, that's how much I make all year, okay? The price of your plane ticket. So we are blessed. We are blessed. And I don't, and no matter what our differences are, we have to understand that God has blessed us with the gift of freedom. Can I get an amen? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you right now, Lord, that uh, as the word goes forth, that we will just revisit and rethink something so precious that maybe we have taken for granted, Lord, that we have not appreciated those who suffered and died um, so that we could be free, those who gave their lives so that we could be free, Father. Those who, Lord, came to these shores, God, even though they were unwelcome, but they were worked and and, and found a home here, Father, that you blessed them to be here, Father. You blessed us to be here. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for our freedom today, Father. We pray for peace in the White House, Father. We pray, Father, whoever our next president is, that he would or she would do what is right in the sight of the Lord, Father. I thank you and proclaim that Jesus is Lord, Father. We ask that you would bless this nation with righteous leadership, Father. We thank you right now, Lord, that we, that nothing Father, would hinder our freedom, Father, that we would not take it for granted, but we would thank you, God, for the right and the privilege to be free. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory. I want you to turn with me to the book of Philemon, and there is a story about a runaway slave. Now, a lot of us operated under, uh, under the assumption that slavery was uh, an American thing, okay, where uh, Africans were brought to the, to the shores of America, and, you know, that was our first universal encounter with slavery, okay? Not so. Slavery goes back to the beginning of time, because remember, before there were washing machines and dishwashers <laughs> and trash compactors and all that, they had, they had to use people to do menial, menial labor, okay? So in every culture, if you're talking about the Chinese, if you're talking about the Arabs, if you're talking about the Jews, if you're talking about the Romans or the Greeks, you will find, and the Africans, you will find slavery was a part of that culture um, um, uh, at, at one time or another. So in uh, Philemon, um, there is a runaway slave named Onesimus, and he has run away, and in the process, of running away, he encounters the Apostle Paul and uh, became, be, and, and embraces salvation and becomes a disciple of the P Apostle Paul. So now Paul is writing to the owner of this slave, to Onesimus' owner, who is one of Paul's disciples, asking him to release him from slavery, okay? Now, th this, I wanna read this. It says, I, Philemon 1 and 1, it says, I appeal to you uh, for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Paul says, I, I'm in chains, I'm enslaved right now, okay? Now, this is, this is so good, because even though he is enslaved physically, he is in chains, he is in, in, uh, incarcerated, he is free, he is freer than he's ever been. 
So spiritually, he's free. He still is operating in spiritual authority, even though he is in chains. But he is reminding Philemon that he is in chains. He says, now, Onesimus, formerly he was useless to you, but now he's become useful both to you and to me. What does he mean that, Philem that uh, Onesimus was useless? He said, you just used him as slave labor. Okay, to do some menial task uh, around uh, your grounds or, or on your farm or whatever. He says, you, you, you didn't realize that once he, but now that he has been set free, who he is really ordained to be is now manifested. He said he was used to it. Why would you have somebody trimming hedges or cooking food, whatnot, who had the power to win souls, who was, uh, who was uh, maybe a powerful teacher, but, but they weren't given the opportunity. He says, he, Onesimus wasn't doing you any good as a slave, but now he's been walking in freedom. Now he can be good to you and, and good for me. He says, I am sending him who is my very heart, Paul saying, this person has become precious to me, back to you. I would like to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me. Look, he says he's operating on the same level that you were. You know, because when you set people free, that's when you find out what their real gifts are. He says, I, I would like to keep him with me to take your place in helping me while I'm in chains for the gospel, but I do not want to do anything without your consent so that any favor you do would seem forced, um, but, but, but would seem forced, but would be voluntary. He says, I don't want to force this. I don't want to uh, force you to set this slave free, but I'm telling you, He's much, he's doing the body of Christ. He's doing the ministry good as a free person, as a slave. He's, I'm not forcing you, but I'm asking you. Now, Onesimus now, come on now. He was in bondage and he ran away. So now he's returning. Paul is telling him, go back to your former owner. And I'm sending you back with this letter. And I'm asking him to release you from bondage. This is, this, is, this is some awesome stuff. So now Philemon, now he has to realize, he has to take into a consideration the whether to keep this person enslaved and limited to what they can uh, offer to the world as a gift, as their talents, or should I keep him enslaved or should I, should I set him free? But I tell you, man, when Jesus Christ comes into your heart, you and he sets you free from slavery. He's hallelujah. Glory. When he sets you free, you don't want anybody around you to be enslaved. I am sure of that. Because if you have been around people who have been in bondage to anything, whether it's to alcohol, whether it's to fear and whatnot, and you know that you used to be a slave uh, uh, in your life, you might have been a slave to some kind of lustful desire. You might have been a slave to pornography or a slave to anger. You cannot even control your own temper. And then when you're around someone and you see them in captivity, I'm telling you, once you have been set free, do you want to see other people set free too? Yeah. Of course you do. 
Of course you do. Now, I want to, I want to, to acknowledge, I want to, on, that, on that note, I want to talk about the difference between natural freedom and spiritual freedom. Now, in the natural freedom, we enjoy something. We enjoy something in this country that I, I don't want you to take for granted. Uh, now, the First Amendment says that, we, that, uh, that these are the freedoms, these are our basic rights. This is what freedom looks like. We have the freedom of religion. We can worship. Okay, we can worship freely. We have the freedom of speech. We can speak openly. We can even speak against. Okay, uh, the powers. He said because in this country we have we have the freedom of speech. We have the freedom of the press. Okay, we can uh, tell stories, and I mean that has been a real can of worms. But <laughs> but it's nothing that anybody can do to stop the press because under the First Amendment of in this nation you have the freedom of the press. You have the freedom to a petition. You have the freedom of assembly. You can gather together and you can have a protest. It is legal in this country. Okay, now I'm a, I'm a child of the 60s and you think these little protests that they're having now, if any of you were around back then, boy, that's when, I mean, that's when they really, during the Vietnam War where they burned flags, okay, where they marched, where they burned bras. I mean, some of y'all, some of y'all out there, you may be old enough to remember when the women's movement was, was really going strong and women wanted the same equal pay. They wanted equal opportunities. And so they were burning bras and burning flags. I mean, you t now people were going to jail. People were burning their draft cards because they were drafting uh, young men to go to Vietnam. They burned those draft cards. Some of them escaped to Canada. I'm talking about it was a time of pandemonium and chaos. And guess what? <laughs> if they didn't like what you said in the 60s, they would put a bullet in you. They shot presidents, okay? They <laughs> political leaders, social leaders. I mean, people were dying, civil rights leaders. The back then, it was nothing for people to be shot. I remember Robert Kennedy, we were watching the speech, him on TV, and a few minutes later, somebody put a bullet in him, and he was dying, okay? So, so, I'm telling you, there have been violent times in this nation, but we have overcome the violent times, okay? Be not because of our natural freedom, I'm going somewhere, but because of our, because we were spiritually free. We knew how to pray. We knew how to worship and say, God, this is chaos. God, this is confusion. God, people are hating one another. People are killing one another. God, would you just bring peace back to this land? And I saw revival break out in this land. And when the revival came, peace came with it. The war stopped. Okay, all the demonstrations stopped. And then we came to a place of rest because the natural stuff that uh, uh, th the natural stuff that we were going through was superseded by the spiritual freedom that we had to come to God collectively in a free assembly and say, God, we need your help. In free worship, we came together. God, help us. So we have been through a lot. We have been through a lot. Hallelujah. Now, I love this. Um, uh, in uh, natural freedom in this country represents the, the First Amendment. First one, we have a lot of amendments, but we know the first and second one pretty good. But the freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of press, petition, and assembly. And we see those manifest that we saw, uh, what's his name, uh, Colin Kaepernick take a knee because in this country he had a right to do it. Okay, I'm not saying that he was right. I'm not saying that he was wrong. I'm talking about his freedom. 
to express his feelings, to express his position on something. That is a gift of freedom, uh, of natural freedom that we have in this country. Amen? Now, but spiritual freedom is a different thing, okay? Galatians 5 and 1 says, it is for freedom. Oh, listen, I want you to get this one if you don't get anything else. Galatians 5 1 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. He said, why did Jesus set us free? Well, so that we can have freedom. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's almost, like a, it's almost like it doesn't make sense. He said, he, what? It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Now, he, the, he, what he's saying here that, you know, a lot of the Jews in those days, they were in bondage to the law, okay? And they, they, did, they weren't free. They weren't really free in their spirits because, you know, if they missed one little point in the law, like uh, uh, their, their cow fell in the ditch and it was a Sabbath and they had to pull the cow, then they sinned. Oh, the cow is just going to have to stay there till Monday because, you know, the law was enslaving them. But Jesus said, I came so that you could know real freedom. That you can know, he says, I came that you might be free. Now, look at to look at the uh, look at the um, uh, um, to the response to that because um, uh, the Jews didn't understand the freedom that Jesus was speaking about. So in John eight thirty one, it says, the Jews who believed on him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, now he's talking to Jewish people who have been under bondage to the law, just keeping every little thing, you know, and you can't do this and you can't do that. You can't do this and you can't. I mean, they had laws for everything, how to dress, what to eat, what they couldn't eat, what they could eat, where they could go, what day they could work. What about sundown? What about they had laws on top of laws on top of laws on top. I mean, go to Deuteronomy, go to Leviticus, and you'll see laws, 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 laws. I'm not talking about just the Ten Commandments. I'm talking about all these Jewish laws, these little laws, okay, that they had. Now, uh, Jesus, so Jesus said to them, if you hold to my teaching, he said, listen, I've come to set you free. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. This is John 8, 31. And then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And so these Jews, you know what the Jews said to him? They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants. Now pay attention to this in 33. This is crazy. He says, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we shall, shall be set free? He says, we're Ab we've never been slaves to anyone. Let me tell you something. They were in slavery to Nebuchadnezzar. That they went to Babylonian slavery uh, because of their sins. Then they came out of Babylonian slavery. Then they became slaves to the Egyptians. And then God raised up Moses. Moses led them into the promised time. And so they said, we've, we've never been slaves to anyone. What are you talking about you're going to set us free? So, you know, I had to go to the commentaries. I said, well, why would they say that they had never, why would Jews say they had never been slaves to anyone when they know that their whole history is a history of slavery? Why would they say that? And the Holy Spirit said to me, he says, you know what? When people are enslaved, they're also in denial. They will deny their own history. 
They will deny their own situation. You see people, women being battered, being in an abusive relationship, and they will say, with bruises on their body, oh, he's not that bad. He's, he's, a, he's a good provider. He's a good husband. Because when you are a slave to sin, you are in denial about your very circumstances and situations. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, uh, somebody who's a, a slave to alcohol, oh, I don't drink that much, okay? I, I, who, me, a drunk? A, a, you, don't, you don't know what you're talking about. You just, you just don't know what you're talking about. So here are these Jews saying, we've never been slaves, knowing very well that that's their whole history, that they've been slaves, okay? So, and so Jesus said in verse 34, Jesus ignores their foolishness, and he says, verily, verily, I tell you, Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Y'all need to repeat that to yourself. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. I don't care how free you can be in a free nation where you can vote, where you can go and come as you please. You can say what you want to say. You can protest. You can run for office. You can start a business. You can do anything because you are in the land of free. But I don't care if you are in naturally land of free. If you are in sin, you are still in slavery. Because Jesus says, I tell you, any, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Jesus, and then John 8.35 says, Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. He says, if you're a slave, hey, you just, you just here existing. No one cares whether you live or die. No one cares whether you show up or don't, because you're just a slave. You have no, va no human value. But when you are a son or a daughter, then you have a value. Your soul is valuable. Your presence is requested. They want to be close to you. because you He says, so uh, if you, you belong forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. He who the son sets free is free indeed. So you can have a million dollars and live in a pal palace. And guess what? You're still a slave. If you are in sin, you are, you are not free. You can be in a prison, and I have seen this with my own eyes. You can be in a prison, and I have and I've talked to Charles Latay, I just talked to a brother recently that did time for murder in a prison, and we became friends. He's out now. He was in ministry in the prison, and he's in ministry now that he's out. He was free. I met a free man behind bars because freedom is a soul issue. And a lot of you, oh, my God, a lot of you. I saw I was in the supermarket, and uh, there was a girl in there, and she had tattoos on her arms. She had tattoos on her hand. And I said, wow, I said, did that hurt? She had tattoos everywhere. She says, well, the one on my elbow really hurt. She said, because of all the bone and whatnot. She said, and when I had these tattoos on my ribs, because it was near the bone, that one really hurt too. I said, well, are you done? And she said, no, no, I still want some more tattoos. That's slavery. I said, you, I said, you know what? I said, you need to go to, sla to, to, to Tattoo Anonymous. Okay, like the act. I said, because you are stuck. She says, yeah, I know. That's what my mom says. She says, I'm really stuck with this tattoo thing. D let me tell you something. Th this, is, this, is what, this is what it says um, 
uh, in Second Peter 2.19, you're going to love this. This is a good one. It says that, that false teachers, this is talking about false teachers, but get the drift of it. It says, promising them freedom. They themselves are slaves to depravity, for a person is a slave to whatever conquers him. Wow, that just knocked me down. It says a person is a slave to whatever conquers him. If you can't put your cell phone down, if you can't be off of social media, if you're, if you're walking around and your whole little, little hip with your phone, click, click, click. Oh, who wants to talk to me? Who are they? Oh, I got, I, got, I got 500 hits. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. They see me. They know. And you can't stop. Listen, any person is a slave to whatever conquers him. Whatever holds you in bondage, if you care so much about what other people think of you, that you're willing to do anything to please them, and you don't care what God says, you don't care what his word says, that you are, you listen, you are in bondage to that whole mindset of thinking, of insecurity. That's, your, that's, your, that's what you are a slave to, to what people think about you, what people say about you. It says anything that conquers, if you are conquered by fear, then you are a slave to fear. If you're conquered by a lust of perversion, you are a slave to that. You are not free. But Jesus came. He came. He says, let me tell you something. He says, he came to set the captives free. Look what it says. Romans, uh, Romans uh, 6.14 says, For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under the law, but you're under grace. Do you know what grace means? Grace means that wherever you've been, whatever you're into, oh, man, whatever you're into, Jesus is standing there with the key to unlock the prison of your mind, the prison of your thinking, the prison of your bondage, and set you free from it. Now, the sad thing is when you are in a prison, and you do not want to be free. What a tragedy that Jesus is here to set you free and you enjoying your bondage so much that you don't want to be free. That's deception. That's deceive. You know what? He says, Thessalonians says something like, he says, they, because they love not the knowledge of the truth, God sent them the spirit of deception. Because they did not even want the truth. But a lot of us are struggling right now. You want to be free. You recognize that where you are, you know, you're, you're in a fight with your family. You're in a fight in your marriage. You're in a fight with yourself. You're, 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 you're doing things that you don't want to do. There's certain situations you don't want to, you keep going back to a relationship that you know that is destructive. You know no good, but you know what? You don't know how to break free. Well, I'll tell you, Jesus came to, to, to break you free. He says, you know what? The only way you're going to be transformed, the only way that you're going to re recognize, you know the story about the elephant, that they tied him to a chain, okay? And every time the elephant tried to walk free, the chain stopped him. And so they took the chain off of the elephant, but in his mind, he was still chained, so he didn't leave. 
He didn't walk free because every time he tried to break free, that chain was there. So he assumed that he wasn't free. Jesus wants you to walk free. He wants you to be free. He's, he, the, the door is open. You just have to walk out. But there it is, that spirit of fear holding you captive, enslaving you, putting chains around your mind. But Jesus said, you need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It is the word of God that transforms the mind. Let this mind that is in Christ Jesus be in you. Well, how do I get the mind of Christ in me? You get the mind of Christ in you through his word. You've got to begin to eat of this word. Let me, let me give you an example. I have, I have for a very, very long time, ever since I can remember, been plagued with anxiety. Okay? I'm anxious about everything. Okay, let me, let me give you an example. If, I, if I'm watching television and a commercial comes on and I want to go get a glass of water, the whole time I'm getting a glass of water, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm not going to get back in time. I'm like, I'm like, it's just TV. What are you tripping about? But it's that spirit of anxiety. You know, my husband literally has, he has to calm me down, okay? He says, we're going to be there. You're, you're going you're gonna to hurry up. You're going to miss the light. You're going to go. Come on before the light changes. Come on, go for the intersection. The light is going to change. Don't you see it's going to change? And he's like, what's wrong with you? But it's that spirit of anxiety. And I didn't want to be anxious. So you know what I started doing? I started reading Philippians 4, which says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And what that means is rehearse what God has already done for you. If you rehearse what God has already done for you, you won't be anxious about things that are going to come up down the road. Because you every day, well, God, you brought me through this, you brought me through that. It says, first of all, rejoice in the Lord always again, which says rejoice. Then it goes on to say, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, with prayers, with supplication and thanksgiving, make your request known to God and the peace of God. And I said, okay, God, how do I stop being anxious? He said, through prayer, with supplication, with thanksgiving. Make that your practice. So every time, so here's, here's the drill. This is what the Lord told me. If you find yourself thinking about something more than five minutes, about a situation with a family member, a marriage, a financial situation, whatever it is, if you think about it more than five minutes, you are worried. Okay? And so... If, if the thought stays in my mind, then I distract myself with the word. And I say, you know, bless the Lord, oh my soul, all that's within me. Bless his holy name. That, then I'm not thinking about what I'm thinking about. Do you understand what I'm saying? And what happens is, as those anxious thoughts begin to come up, as they begin to try to plague your mind, and you go straight to the word and say, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You know, I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge, my fortress, my God, and whom will I trust? He will give his angels charge over me, you know, lest I dash my foot against a stone. Just start saying the word. So now your mind can't go. And then you become like the elephant. You become, because when those anxious thoughts start to come, when, those, when that behavior starts to come, and they say, she's going to the word. Oh, why am I even bothering her? Because I know as soon as I start, she's going to go to the word. And she's going to say, whatever things are true, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are noble, think on these things. 
She's going to say it. And so what you have to do when you're tempted by that thing that is trying to enslave you, you get into the word and you start saying, you the sun sets free is free indeed. And he who the sun sets free is free indeed. I know I am free because the Lord is my light. He's my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And when the we, You've got to get the word in you. And as soon as the behavior becomes, you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind that this mind that is in Christ Jesus has to be in you. And this is the mind of Christ Jesus. His word is his mind. It says, let this mind that is in Christ Jesus be in you because he came to set the captives free. And the only way you're going to be free if you get the mind of Christ because slavery, bondage begins in the mind. It begins in the mind. So you say, well, you don't understand. I'm in a relationship. I'm in a situation where I'm not free. You know, I can't even go to the store without, you know, having explained that I'm coming right back or it's going to be a fight or something like that. You know, let me tell you something. When you get into the word, he will make a way for you to escape. He promised. He says, I'm telling you, he says, any man that's in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Everything will become, become new. God says, I, listen, you think I can't get in your circumstance? You think I can't get in your situation? I can set you free if you get the mind of Christ. No one can stop you from getting the mind of Christ. I love the story of, uh, of, a, uh, of a Christian uh, um, who was in prison during the Korean War. Um, I'm sorry, Red, Red China. And he was a prisoner. And he had to clean out the Katrine where the officers, where the soldiers used the bathroom. And the soldiers hated Christians so much that they would use the pages from, the, from a Bible they found as toilet paper. And they would use that to go to the bathroom. And then the, the uh, prisoners would come and have to clean that up. And they would wash those pages off of all the filth that was on them and take them back with them and read. Do you understand what I'm saying? And do you know that God opened those prison doors and that very same man became a preacher of the gospel through the worst possible circumstance? He came to set you free. And he who the Son sets free is free indeed. He's free indeed. And let me tell you something. If the devil is trying to tell you right now, you're never going to be free. You're never going to get over pornography. You're never going to get over this person in this relationship who keeps using you and abusing you and they leave when they want to and come back when they want to and you're, you're so weak you take them back. You, you, I'm, you're never going to be free of the fear of, of rejection, you know. Well, what are my friends going to say, you know, if, uh, uh, if I don't do what they say, if I don't get along with them? He says, I came to set you free. And it begins with, number one, your confession. What's your confession? First of all, you've got to acknowledge that you're not free. You're not free from the impact of, of, uh, uh, of social media. I'm not free from that. I'm, you know, I live for that. I, I, I wake up with it in the morning. I go to bed with it. <laughs> Listen, come on. Let's tell the truth. Some of y'all are not free from watching television. 
I mean, that's what you do. Since this pandemic's hit, that's what you do night and day. You fill your mind with the smut and the craziness and the violence and the sexuality of TV because it's legal and you are free to watch if you want to. No, you are a slave to that. And so many of us are. All you need is one of those, uh, uh, what do you call those chairs, those reclining chairs, and one of those little TV trays that you can put some iced tea on, you know what I'm saying, and, <laughs> and some cookies, and a TV set, and I'm good to go. That's slavery. Because you could be feeling, you could use that same time to fill your mind with the Word of God and would set you free. God, you know what? We have a short time on this earth. And if you're wasting your time watching one TV show of another where you can just get breakthrough of that and see what does God really have for you? And why do you become a slave to those social medias and TV and nonsense stuff? Because God does that. Because the enemy does not want you to know God's real purpose for your life. He does not want you to be used by God. And if you put that junk down for a minute, God will reveal his purpose. You're broke because you don't know what God's plan is for you because you've been sitting around wasting your time because the devil is holding you hostage. Well, you know what? I break the curse of hostage right now of any kind. I don't care if it's the food. I don't care if it's the crack cocaine. I don't care what it's to. Pornography, TV, what it's to. The doctor told you, hey, if you don't stop eating bacon and eggs, you're going to die. Okay, your kidneys aren't functioning. You know your kidneys are not functioning. You don't stop eating strawberry shortcake. You're going to die. You got to, I can't. I can't. How can you expect me to give up ice cream? <laughs> you know, uh, that, that, I can't. I have to go to uh, a Drugs Anonymous to give up ice cream. <laughs> don't you see? He's just trying to kill you. He's just trying to fix it so that you're not well enough, strong enough, and healthy enough to fulfill God's purpose for your life. That's all he has to do. So this is about freedom right now. This is about freedom because he wants to set you free. And it begins with salvation. Do you want to be free? Now, you may be around Christ, near Christ, by Christ. You go to church. You know, you do your little thing. But you know what? When Monday rolls in, hey, you go right back to your hostage situation, okay? God says, I don't want you to be free on Sunday and, 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 and a hostage on Monday. I want you to be permanently free. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for all of those right now who want to be really free, spiritually free, free, living in a free nation and a free spirit, a free soul, and a free nation can't beat that can't beat that so father thank you right now lord that someone is saying yes to you and if you just say the simple prayer lord jesus forgive me of my sins father i accept jesus christ as lord and savior in my life not as my sunday savior but as my monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday every day 24 7 savior that's what I want you to be in my life, Jesus. Yeah. I want you to change me. I want to be addicted to one thing, you, yeah. your word. I want to be a slave to one thing, you, Lord, and your will for my life. Because, Lord, I know, Father, whatever you have for me, God, is better than anything I could come up with for myself. Yeah. 
So how many of you, you know, you were walking with God and you were doing, doing real good. But some little trap got set for you. And now you have been trapped into something. And it may be subtle, but it's just enough to take you away from the word of God. It's just enough to take you away from your prayer life. It's just enough to take you away from thinking that church and worship are not that important. It's just enough. I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. And I command you to let them go. If you want to be free from a hostage situation, God has come to rescue you today. Just say, Lord, save me. Lord, bring me back to where I was with you. Break every chain that's holding me captive. Destroy it, Lord, so that I'll never go back to it. I don't want to be like a dog returning to its vomit. God, some of the things that I came out of, I never want to see again. God, help me stay free. God, help me love your word. Help it to be sweet to my taste. Help me to be desperate for your word, Father. And Lord, as I get into your word and worship you in spirit and in truth, I know I will be free indeed. Father, I thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank the Lord for Terry McFadden Solomon who came and delivered a w- right now message and word for us because the Bible says what? If the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. Amen. How many free people do we have out there? Amen. That means we can't go back and watch TV and eat ice cream and do all that other kind of stuff. Don't worry about the te- not getting back uh, uh, for the show after, during the break. Amen. Some new uh, instructions for us today, isn't it? Because you know what? We're supposed to be alive in the spirit. We're supposed to be alive unto God and dead unto sin. We're supposed to be serving him and wanting him more than anything else in the world. Praise God. So we have a, a, a website that you can, you can uh, uh, connect with by hitting contact and put your prayer information or prayer. Uh, if you need prayer for anything, put your information in and we will contact you, pray for you. If you need prayer for healing or personal situations that you're facing, we are here for you. Even though we're not in the building, we are here for you in the spirit, and we can contact you by phone, by email, by text, anyway. And you can even call us at the number that you see on the screen. Leave a message, and we'll get right back to you. I'm so glad and grateful that you guys came out today, that you felt it important to be in the household of God in the heavenly realm. <laughs> Amen. Outdoors, the Bible says praise him in the sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament, which means the heavens, the open air. So uh, let me just close in prayer. Father, we thank you that as we've come before you today, we, we, we worship you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for those that are watching on Facebook and YouTube, that the spirit of the Lord has reached them and changed their lives. And so for this, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. And all agreed said, amen. God bless you. Ron's going to come and uh, close us off with a, a goodbye song. Amen. How many of you need a goodbye song? Amen. Song gets in your soul, in your spirit. You can sing it all day long, all during the week. Praise God. It's a goodbye song to talk about how great our God is, right? All right, here we go.
clothed in majesty. Let all the world rejoice. Let all the world rejoice. He wraps himself in light. Darkness tries to hide. It trembles at his voice. They tremble at his voice. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all the world will see how great, how great is our God. Age and age you stand. Time is in his hands. Beginning and the end. The beginning and the end. The Godhead three in one. Father, Spirit, Son. The Lion and the Lamb. The Lion. Sunday.